The following episode of The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi may contain some strong language and sensitive subjects. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to another edition of The Throne Room with Beth Tarasi. Today we have issues to cover. And these issues, I know that most of you have been cold all week long. Some of you in Texas might not have power or cell data. Power does operate the cell towers. So if you're in Texas, well, you can catch up with this podcast anytime. And you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, blah, 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 Google, too. If you have an Android phone, I know it's easy to get mixed up in the eye thing that is Clubhouse. I do have a short review of the hype that is Clubhouse and a true crime-esque drama on Netflix that's catching the attention of activists everywhere. And for those of you who don't know, I am working on this episode tonight, but by the time this thing airs tomorrow, I will be looking at everything, but I'm going to be in a town hall with my local congressperson, Diana DeGette. So I just got the phone call as I speak, as I'm speaking right now. Both myself and the, the, the lovely partner got the phone call and that's, yeah. Anyway, let's get started. not often that you hear of a social trend that actually improves itself and codes well with voiceover within a week of its inception. I want you guys to kind of turn your attention to Clubhouse for a second. Clubhouse, I was saying to myself repeatedly, please don't make me go on Clubhouse and Suddenly, all my friends were getting on there, and I had to figure out what this hype was about. The only thing was that I had to attach a different phone number to it because I don't want the world to know necessarily my regular phone number. And oh, by the way, you guys, um. I'm going to be clear on something before I move on with the clubhouse subject line. Uh, I am going to use possibly a Google voice number. Probably going to use a Google voice number for interviews, inquiries, and if anyone has any questions and it's it's a pretty easy number. I had to get me another Google Voice number when I signed into Google Voice, but I love Google Voice. It really does work. There is a way you can text my Google Voice number. 
but I do want to make sure that everybody is ID'd. Mostly I would call you on Google Voice if you have my regular phone number or my FaceTime info. That will be prearranged during interviews and stuff, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, Clubhouse. It's gotten really well laid out and stuff. I'm going to do some more playing with it this week and I'm going to talk to you guys about like how to create a room, what to do when you're invited to be a speaker in a room, blah blah blah. And I want to thank my buddy Ty for showing me what that's all about. Thank you Ty for the invitation. Ty and Juan are both good guys. They sent me invites and I want to say thank you for doing that. Um, here on the throne room with Beth Tarasi, we asked a question, would you date a disabled person? Why or why not? Um, I received not one answer to the question. So we're going to move on to another question. If you... Let me think. A question that everybody would answer. If you want to leave an answer to the question, you can leave a message on the Anchor app, if you have it, or you can email me at denverqueen at gmx.com. That's denverqueen at gmx.com. Also, some sad news to report. Uh, thank you to my buddy Aubrey, who just wrote me Something about a victim in a homicide over the weekend in Iowa turned out to be the son of one of her very good friends. Uh, I want to give condolences to Quincy and his family. Uh, I'm very sorry that you're... I don't know who the hell would just walk in, shoot somebody, and walk out. Three men were involved in the homicide. I hope to God the Iowa police officers catch this guy. Or the three guys who did this. Like, who the hell were the three stooges who just walked in and killed somebody, okay? Now, I don't really mean to say that the three stooges themselves were bad. Of course, I thought the three stooges were pretty funny, but these are not the three stooges in the sense of funny. They might as well be the three caballeros or some crap. Or these guys must have stuck together like the damn three musketeers. But these fuckers, excuse my language, walk into a freaking house and kill somebody over what? We don't have a motive yet. There will be more as the week progresses and as the days go on. Thank you all very much for being a part of this. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Clubhouse is an interesting little platform. I will show you guys more of Clubhouse as, you know, days go by and stuff. And it's pretty much, yeah, Clubhouse. If you're wondering what the hype is about, you do need an invitation right now to get on the app. And don't use your real phone number, like your regular phone number. You can use a Google Voice number to do things with. I have a buddy, Jen, who uses a disposable number for everything. Like, Jennifer ain't giving out her damn number to anybody. And I totally understand why. Because 
people don't like it when, you know, they you say, like, they'll ask you, you can, they, 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 they basically ask you if, hey, you want to have sex? You say, no, I don't. And then they're like, I hate you. Fuck you, psycho, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what happens. Um, anyway, while my buddy, the best partner in the entire world, unfortunately is, well, he's taking a shower. Um, yeah, on with the show. day. Periscope has been... I'm going to do an homage to Periscope because Periscope, well, at first it sucked. But I am so proud of where this app has gone. Guys, if you're wondering, it will be sunsetting in March. March 21st of this year, 3-21-21. Bye-bye, Periscope. But... If it's any consolation prize, you will be getting live Twitter stuff. Twitter is improving and tweaking things. They will be doing a lot of cool live features. So if you are wondering where the hell you can catch me live other than friggin' Facebook, you may be able to catch me on Clubhouse if you've been invited and if you can find me. Damn it. Or you can also... Find me on Twitter. Please go to denverqueen.com for more information about how you can find out how to catch me live. The Periscope link has been eliminated from the website. So, for public service sake, please, 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 please. Periscope will be sunsetting in March of 2021. You need to move all your crap to Twitter if you've been on Periscope. So move all of your live archive broadcasts to Twitter. If you are a streamer that likes to use Periscope, now you're going to have to use StreamYard to do Twitter. I hope StreamYard will accommodate that. So I'm talking to Anthony Parker, host of Third Eye Visions. I hope he does that. Like, all of us creators need to put our heads together and kind of, like, pretty much see where things are going. Um, but on a different front, I think for the tech world, um, imagine that you're wearing a mask and standing in a grocery store and you can't friggin' unlock your stupid phone without unmasking yourself. Well, that will become a reality... Uh, as far as being able to unlock your phone with a mask on, it'll become a reality very soon. But here's the expensive catch. You need an Apple Watch to do it. And speaking of my watch, I had to update it because there was a battery preserve bug thing. And if you have not been paying attention to 9to5Mac, that's exactly what happened. Um, yeah. I also want to see if I can get some feedback about my Love, Sex, Magic episode that I did last year. I mean, last week. Whoa. Oh my god. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm also scheduled to get my second dose of the vaccine on Thursday. The problem is there may be a shortage of vaccine. So I don't know if it's like BioNTech or Pfizer or Moderna, but those shots are being hailed as significantly less effective against certain variants of the virus. Of course, we're trying to... The drop in cases is great news, but my public service announcement of the day is mask up, stay six feet apart from other people. I know it's hard, but we gotta do it. And thank you to Governor Jared Polis of Colorado for being incredibly cool and getting the vaccine when we need it most. Thank you very much. I will see you guys later in the show. Well, hello. Welcome to a review of Clubhouse. Um, I'd like to first thank all the guys that I was hanging out with earlier today. As I say this stuff, it's about the Wednesday evening, and I just got done hanging out on Clubhouse, and I want to talk about a little bit about my experience. First and foremost, when you join a room, you're in the audience, and you're not really able to do shit. The second thing I want you guys to understand is that um, what you have to do is click on your profile and I hope they do this in the future, but when you're invited to speak, someone is going to say something. Obviously, this is all audio, so everybody's in this together, you know? So... What you do is you click your profile, and then you go to the accept speaking invitation, and boom, you're in. And if you want to speak, you basically raise your hand. There is a button that says raise your hand to speak, and that's really a cool thing. It's kind of zoomy, but it's neat. I think it's cool. Um... There is at least one unlabeled button, but you know what? Clayton took care of it. My buddy Clayton, he's really cool. I found him in a club with a bunch of people and we were just hanging out and (laughs) it was really cool. I enjoy this app and I'm not saying any better than Dabble, but Dabble is cool because you get to archive recordings and crap, but you only have two hours to do that. But Clubhouse is the way of the future and I'm really proud to say that they have made all of their main stuff accessible. So if you're looking to join Clubhouse, here's what you have to do. For now, what you need to do is get invited by somebody who's already on Clubhouse. I've got 10 friends you can go bug, okay? I can can also recommend that you use a throwaway phone number if you don't wanna use your actual phone number. You have to text the person's actual phone number. Otherwise, text them through Google Voice or text me, text now, whatever. Just, you gotta use a phone number to get into Clubhouse and somebody has to invite you using your phone number. 
And I know that can be a bit scary, but for the privacy conscious, just friggin' use Google Voice for crying out loud. I think this will be a really great way for all the activists to get together. And I think the chapters eventually of, like, groups such as Face Us and other groups like that should probably think about meeting on Clubhouse instead of Zoom. Because, for one, my hair is a mess. Two, my hair is a mess. And three, my hair is a big, fluffy, frizzy-ass mess. I'm sorry. I just don't like doing video. Um, yeah. You guys are, you're really gonna be really amazed by Clubhouse and all the cool features it has. I'm gonna write some step-by-steps in the blog so that you guys have a kind of guided written down black and white version of what I'm talking about right here and it will come I promise I'm gonna try to like get that done I've got a hell of a lot of things I have to get done but I would love to see all of you here on Clubhouse and here in the in this podcast if anyone has feedback about Clubhouse you'd like to submit Please email me at denverqueen at gmx.com. Or, of course, you can... I think it's... I'm trying to remember what... I can't even... I can't think of what the stupid email is for the people that are in Clubhouse. But there's a way that you can also send feedback to the folks at Clubhouse. They are going to eventually dis distance themselves from this... You know, disable the invite-only featured thing. So... But if you have any questions for me about Clubhouse... Just email me at denverqueen at gmx.com. Or you can also text message my um, Google Voice. I'm going to give out my Google Voice number. It is 720-739-1385. This is not a call-in number for the station or podcast. This is actually going to go for, like, if you don't want to email and if you don't want to like send me a long paragraph in an email you might want to just text me your name and like how you want to be interviewed or you can also leave a voicemail I gotta set that up too but I think it would be nice if you just like texted me or emailed me and let me know what you want to talk about in your interviews for the podcast if you want to join me as a guest host let me know and I will be making those arrangements very soon. I do want to do the post-prod on Anchor, but know that I'm going to try and do this as in a more universal sense because not everybody wants Anchor on their phones. I only do the post-production stuff on Anchor. Like, I take the audio MP3 versions of the recordings and I just, like, put little background music and all that stuff. Because Anchor has some excellent background beats and things you can put in their freaking interviews and whatnot but I do want to let you guys know that if you do have questions about Clubhouse you can email me denverqueen at gmx.com or you can text message 720-739-1385 and if you have any like um if you have any like you know things you want to talk about like regarding the podcast if you want to interview for me, if you want to talk about a subject that's dear and near to your heart, if you're a disability activist, sure. Um, yeah, just let's talk. And if you want to meet me in the club, 
let's do a room on Clubhouse and we can talk about this kind of stuff. So yeah, thank you all and on with the show. I'm going to be real in light of the weather that Texas has had this week. And honestly, I hope that you Texans are able to listen to this podcast because the issue of the week is about something I think we're all kind of sick of the weather. (laughs) Um, Our issue of the week has to do with the rolling blackouts for various reasons. And the extreme temperatures... Obviously, our power grid is not prepared for extreme temperatures. We have a governor who is now demanding an investigation into the power grid operators in Texas. We will have gas going up 20 cents a gallon up by 20 cents a gallon to God knows what. I don't care about gas prices. What I do care about, however, is what are we going to do to a planet that doesn't obviously want us on it, that is curving extreme temperatures all around. And I know some of you might not think the extreme temps are a big deal, but they are. People with disabilities cannot live in extreme temperatures with rolling blackouts, wildfires, and other sorts of cocky preventative methods, not based on science, but based on greed. Let me go back to history and demonstrate through some little bits and pieces of fact Nikola Tesla's vision of the power grid is this. It's free. Electricity is a renewable source. However, let's be real. We need to start using green energy anyway. Don't tell me green energy is going to get you cut from electricity and all that. Green energy, like when the power plant is operated by a wind turbine, will actually get more electricity. I had this from a friend named Stephanie on Facebook. She actually wrote this post saying, oh, all the people who have green energy still have their power, but those with the coal-y, like, fossil fuel-y kind of thing, no energy, no power. This is bad for those with disabilities, mothers, a variety of different people. Makes me wonder, what should we do And where would we go if our planet suddenly became uninhabitable? The extreme temperatures knocking people to the ground like flies. Let me ask you this. What would you do if you did decide to leave Earth? Where would we go? NASA is already doing missions to Mars with its unmanned rovers. Mars rover Perseverance is on its way, and I believe it's on the planet already. It's going to land. It should land about tomorrow, but let me tell you something. I don't want to go to Mars. I don't want to leave this Earth yet until I find a place where people with disabilities, low incomes, black people, blah, 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 (laughs) and other tribes 
can coexist together. Now, here's something I want to take into consideration. The Native Americans have sacred land sites all over the United States, though. So do parts of Africa, Asia, North and South America. They have a lot of different tribes that call these lands their home. We can't leave Mother Earth, they will say. But what does Mother Earth want you to do? The extreme weather that we are seeing this week could be a sign from Mother Earth. Get the hell off me. Because some of these people, these people using fossil fuels and digging up all the dead animals and the dinosaur bones and whatever and fossilized things, oil and whatnot, it's, it's hurting us. It's killing us. It is literally killing people with disabilities and other people too. You can't use an oxygen tank without electricity. PG&E and the power grid in Texas, the people in Texas and California have a lot of things to deal with. Now, thankfully, Colorado has a better power infrastructure than pretty much everyone. We have solar panels. We have green energy here. We're using about, like, I would say 60% green energy. Thank you, Jared Polis, our governor, for being so goddamn awesome. Thank you. But I do want to say, though, the nearest planet we can find that has the possibility of life. Astronomers astronomers are saying, guess what? They're saying Trappist-1. Where is Trappist-1, may I ask? It's light years away. I am not prepared in the least to travel light years away. And... If we find killer aliens on this planet, in the Trappist-1 star system, like, where the hell are we gonna go? We can't go back to Earth. Sure, we have dogs. We have cows. We have all of the animals we need to have as pets. Oh my god. And it's news bulletins like this, the whole thing about people lying in front of a wood stove and all this to try to keep warm, they're going to die. They're killing themselves. And they're freezing and they're desperate. Colorado should never go through this. I am not going to live in a place with rolling blackouts because it's bad for people with disabilities. It's bad for those in wheelchairs. It's also bad in a pandemic, for God's sakes. Clayton and my friend Mikey and so many other people and myself are so lucky that we are able to talk on Clubhouse and stuff. We have the internet connection or we have data. Data is important. If you have a rolling blackouts and power outages and stuff, do you know what that will do? It will mess up the 911 system. If we go to another planet, such as the Trappist 1 planet in the star system, wherever the hell that is, light years away, do you know what we might encounter? It's a world of the unknown, and we are not prepared. 
We created the extreme temps we are facing, I think, for ourselves. Look what happened to the rainforests in Brazil. You got a clown like friggin' Bolsonaro as president who is ordering a lot of logging and then denying everything. What the hell is this? Sounds like the Brazilian version of Trump right there. I hope the indigenous peoples of Brazil expose this bastard for what he did to the country. It's not good to go sit there and cut down trees in the Amazon rainforest. If you cut trees down in the rainforest, it's going to affect the rest of the planet. The Amazon rainforest is pretty much the lung of life on Earth. You'd cut... Ooh. Sorry, little tablet, dodo. If you cut trees down in the rainforest in South America, you're deal if you cut, if you puncture that lung, you're going to kill us all and kill the planet. So, we need to start thinking about ways we can find a planet that is habitable. What can we learn from earthen history? What can we learn from this old terra we're about to abandon? I know this may sound a little bit past reality right now, but we need to understand that the reality that we're facing right now is a hell of a lot worse. I imagine that if we go to a new planet, there are a few different questions we have to have in our heads. What do we do when we encounter humanoid sentient beings, such as that what looks like ourselves? What about human beings with horns on their heads? What about human beings with a different kind of mentality? What about native peoples that do not speak the language we speak? What do we do? Here is what we need to do. We need to follow a principle I like to call the Jake Sully in the Jarhead Clan kind of principle. I don't know what to call it exactly, but there is a principle somewhat similar to that of Avatar. If you guys have ever seen the movie, you guys would understand how Jake Sully introduces himself to uh, uh, Sute and uh, who the hell is the chief? Um, I need to go back and watch Avatar myself. But Natiri and her people are introduced to a guy who is logged into an avatar an avatar body that looks a lot like them and it's he's using a body of the Navi the Navi and they are extremely hard to kill says the marine guy on duty and when they're talking at the beginning of the movie they're like oh this is Pandora you got we're not in Kansas anymore. We follow Pandora rules. Well, if we went to a place similar to Pandora, or God forbid, if we came to a place that had sustainable human sentient life, what's the first thing we're going to do? Are we going to follow the, the footpath of Christopher Columbus and subjugate the people? I hope not. Here's what we need to do. We need to pick up on their language we will need to exchange our words. It reminds me often of Island, in the, Island of the Blue Dolphins. There was this time when a young girl named Tutok was sitting with the girl Karena 
Karena and Tutok were both sitting together. They exchanged words, and it made a huge difference in their friendship. It was something that Tutok will never forget. When you read through the book, though, Karena, she basically ended up... How did she do this? She made a new friend, and yet she was a solitary woman. This story is based on the lost woman of San Nicholas. Once the Santa Barbara missionaries came over and took her, it was like she was on another planet. They didn't bother to learn her language, nor figure out where the hell her people had gone. Galasat was destroyed. The natives of Galasat were gone. Let me also explain that if we do find a new planet, we need to know how to take care of this planet. Just as we take care of flower pots and potted plants that we love, we need to know how to grow the foods that we can tolerate. We need to find foods that we can grow. We also need to have conversations with the sentient races we find. That is, if they even speak our language. Or, if they are telepathic, we need to figure out how they got it. We need to also figure out how they find and forage for food. Food is a very important thing for all living beings. So when you find a new planet, you gotta have a lot of knowledge of ponics, and we are not gonna slaughter animals on this new planet. What I'd like us to do is take samples of cattle muscles and or animal muscles and things and grow them into the patties we enjoy. We will grow them into cuts of meat that don't need to be butchered. They don't need to do anything, but you just put them in a package and then sell them in the store. We already have to figure this out here on Earth. If we can't figure this out on Earth... We're going to have to do this on the other planet. And the aliens, aliens, or should I say native beings on this new planet are going to have to teach us how to do it. We need to learn the native language of the planet. They also need to be willing to exchange cultures with us and live in peace with us. If the races are cannibalistic and warlike, Obviously, we're in danger. But here's what I think we could have done for the Arawak people. Now, they don't call themselves Arawaks. I did hear a report from one Kira O'Brien. She was a classmate of mine from the St. Teresa Catholic. We learned a lot about native tribes in social studies. It was one of the heights of my success in grades in private school. I will not ever credit the private school, however, for teaching me all that I needed to know about such tribalism, or tribes themselves. Kara wrote a beautiful essay on the natives of her native dad's, her dad's native Trinidad. It was so beautiful. She wrote about the Taino people, as they call themselves, the Tano Taino people. They were subjugated by Christopher Columbus. 
because he didn't know better. The guy was looking at animals in his little mind. He was a cheater and a liar, and he committed genocide, which is why now Christopher Columbus Day is changed here in Colorado to Indigenous Peoples Day, because the indigenous people should have had their land, should have had their culture. What have we done to the Cherokee people? I can discredit Andrew Jackson as any president should. I'm not a president, but I know darn well that Andrew Jackson was a monster. He took Indians, or as they were natives, but he called them Indians. The Indian Removal Act was signed into law sometime way back in, like, what, 1820s, 30s, 40s? And there were so many diseases and death that befell the Cherokees and the Navajo and so many tribes that were forced from their land into crummy reservations. These include Pine Ridge Reservation, which is among the poorest of the poor. And what do the natives do? They come right back roaring and they say, this is our land. We want our land back. I don't think land and Native Americans is a bad thing. I think we need to give natives the option of living away from the reservation if they so choose. And we need to start acknowledging and elevating the cultures of Native Americans. We need to understand that Native women face backlash, rape, whatever, at extremely high rates. We need to know if such sentient beings on the new planet we inhabit do such things. We also need to find out how we're going to get supplies from Earth to the new planet. We may be stuck as a colony to another country, but how are we going to make our own independent existence possible? First and foremost, we cannot build a new country on this new planet. We cannot use slave labor. What we cannot do is use earth movers. Has anyone ever heard of a story called Enchantress from the Stars? There is an interesting bit in the story that talks about what we call a rock chewer, the earth eater, the earth biter, an earth mover. The Imperials, those who are loyal to a colonial empire, try to settle the planet Andricia which is like a youngling civilization, a youngling civilization far, far away in a galaxy somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Ilana, Ilana is supposed to, she, she wants to be a field agent and then she gets involved. That's the premise of the story, okay? But I hate to spoil books, but the rock chewer is something we will not be using. We will not use a rock chewer and destroy land in order to build houses. We will need to start thinking of ways that we can build habitable shelters. Yes, sure we can dig and find water and get wells and stuff, 
But I think it would be nice if we figured out a way to build houses without destroying a whole lot of things. Human beings are notorious for cutting down the logs, trees, of the rainforest. Did you know that one of the marimbas at THS, Titusville High School, was made of rosewood? Rosewood is a very fine plant in the rainforest. Why bother? Why bother cutting teak and rosewood down when you can have it growing in the canopies of the rainforest? The natives will have to show us how to build houses without destroying things. One of the first things I would ask a sentient being on this new planet would be, may I stay here? Can we stay here and coexist? and not have any conflict regarding things like language, labor, and we can build a big giant civilization together without destroying your land. We need to respect the land they live on and leave it alone for the most part. What we need to do is figure out how the hell we need to farm because some may be agrarian, some of the native species may be agrarian, or the subclasses of human beings we encounter may be agrarian societies, and they may have sacred things that we need to keep sacred. We don't know if these folks will have weddings, courtship, dating. Things about us will have to change. Here on Earth, they're not going to change. Not as far as I can tell. If we ever do decide to change our ways here on planet Earth, here's what we'll need to do here on planet Earth. The social milieu of humanity can change in a heartbeat. With the wrong leader in place, we can have a lot of fighting and rioting and all that. But here's something we really need to do. We need to give the indigenous folks a chance to live better lives. We need to give the indigenous folks in all places, in all parts of the world, respect for their sacred religions, for their spiritual beliefs and other customs and whatnot, as long as such customs do not harm the human condition. Example, you got the Caribs back in the day some guy in my class, I can't remember which boy it was in my private school, probably Shannon Moore or somebody, did a report on the Caribs. They would eat some of the men from enemy tribes. That just doesn't make sense. And there are some cannibalistic rituals that do not harm the living. Example, there are some tribes in God knows where that will eat the ashes of dead relatives in food. Okay, I know it's a little weird, but you know what? It doesn't hurt the person alive. When the relative dies, they cremate the body and then they eat some of the ashes and or parts of the person. Once the person's dead, it really doesn't matter. And once the person has been cremated, I would guess the cryoproteins don't mess up your blood, but eating an actual live human being 
will mess you up big time. Okay? There you go. But another thing we need to think about when we decide or if we find that the planet is no longer habitable. Who goes? Who stays? I'll tell you who will stay. The rich? The white? The high-class, highfalutin idiots who decided that the disabled, the black, and the downtrodden were not enough, you know, worth it and could not do anything in life. Old guys like Rush Limbaugh have already passed. They've expired. And we've buried, we're likely going to bury the dude underneath the ground. Donald Trump, though, can stay. I don't want to see him in our ship. He wouldn't help our crew, and he would be a disservice to all of us. If we were stuck bringing him along, I'd ask to put him somewhere else. Like, well, Mars. (laughs) But if we were to have a crew on board the ship... Here's what we need. We would need excellent doctors representing all races, faces, and other kinds of ethnic human origins. We would need astrophysicists who represent all races, faces, and other ethnic human origins. Disabled people who have great abilities. A blind astronomer, a deaf person, pitching a football, so many other things. We need to have linguists of all stripes. We need to have people who are willing to communicate with those distant life forms we find. I'd be one of those people. I'm glad to say that I want to be one of those people. I want to go to another planet someday, find life, and make a world that doesn't have half of the social garbage here on Earth. But we need to change things here on Earth and we need to start taking better better care of our planet. We need to be better prepared to face extreme temperatures. And the weather should not be at the top of my list of social things of the week. But one of the things we do need to know about going to another planet is, is it tropical? Is it subtropical? Does it have many biomes like our planet does? We need to know if this new planet will copy ours, but is untouched, pristine. What if the beings on this planet can help us discover our own selves? We're looking into Mars and old Martian bacteria to try to figure out how our own planet began. It's important to know where Earth is going. We're looking for life on Mars, but I don't think terraforming Mars is a good idea. We need to go further than our solar system. I would rather have 24-hour rotations and I would keep the time in 24-hour segments for sure. If anyone has ever read any of Robert Heinlein's books, though, could we colonize the moon instead? But the moon has nothing. 
The moon has absolutely no air that we can breathe. And you know that when astronauts gathered on the moon, they had to wear these little Snoopy caps, air masks, and all those weird things you saw all over astronauts like that. Yes, and you don't weigh as much on the moon. But if you read Robert Heinlein's books, Lunar Colony, dear God, if we ever go that far, I want to make sure we are separated from the government. We can have agrarian societies on the moon. Line families would be a great way to breed like hell on a new planet. But we do need to have some kind of way that the native species and beings on this new planet can communicate with us. We need to know how and in what ways we can translate their culture into any culture. If the beings we find are warlike, solitary, and don't prevent, you know, our own deaths, then we will need to go back to Earth. Right now, here we are, on planet Earth, facing extremes of every sort. Extremist ideologies on either side extremist beliefs that can hurt or make rich different types of human beings. On the one hand, you've got people who think that 75% of Earth's population sucks, is worthless, can be thrown out like garbage. The way Rush Limbaugh thought was nothing close to what I think here. Then you've got, on the other hand, people who want 75% of the world's population to be classified as fully and unequivocally human. We're talking females, we're talking all kinds of people, but whatever. We need to take better care of this planet, we need to restructure our power grid, if we can do more advanced things here, imagine what worlds we can explore. Project Artemis is exactly as I thought. The moon Project Artemis is taking off. NASA will be sending a woman onto the moon. And I believe in the Project Artemis goals and mission already. I would absolutely love to have a Star Trek translator on my wrist. I would love to be able to see actual people who might call themselves, oh, Romulans, Klingons. Ah, Klingons are a bit warlike, but you know what? Maybe my vision of the future is a bit more Vulcan than it needs to be. But I am pleased to see that all of us beings here on Earth are different. If you want to watch a good sci-fi being on a sci-fi show, Leonard Nimoy's Spock comes to mind. Okay, I'm digging into sci-fi way too much. But I do believe that one of these days, we're going to need to explore new worlds. All of us will. We will need to, as persons who have been forgotten, thrown out, burned, alive, tortured, beaten, enslaved, 
subjugated here on earth, we will need to build our own lives elsewhere. And it's, it's bigger than those rolling blackouts in Texas. It's not just a rolling blackout anywhere. It's the fact that Earth and its beings, they think that they can divide themselves, rank each other, and mess life up big time for a big chunk of the population here. We need to invite and include every single person on Earth. Whether you speak Chinese or Pashto or English or Dari or even Hindi. Uh-oh. Wow. Thank you all for very, very much uh, listening A Citibank pretty much messed everything up. I will be doing my thing here on Earth until we can find those new worlds. Peace out. Imagine for a moment that you're in your house, like I'm sitting here recording something and I'm just chilling, relaxing and all of this crap. When a woman that you don't recognize comes to your door and says, oh, you're unable to take care of yourself. I'm your legal guardian and I care a lot. Thus begins a very haunting and very high stakes movie that just came out on Netflix as of press time. Um, it was released on Feb 19 of this year. Unfortunately, it is not available U.S. Uh, no, I think it's only available U.S. Netflix. Sorry. This movie is not available in Canada, sadly. I got a grumble from my buddy Tim. I want to thank you for kind of pointing that out. It will be, as of this recording, it should be up on Audio Vault. I've got a buddy who's working on that, and that's really good. We in the disabled community need to start sticking together, and this is a highly educational, although it is a fiction storyline. Excuse me, I had a really hot fajita earlier. The storyline may be fiction, but what people don't realize is that It's a highly accurate portrayal, according to activists such as Sam Sugar, for instance. Sam J. Sugar, I think he might have seen a priest, I don't know, and J. Director, what's his name, Director, what's his name, J. Blakeson? Damn, I can't really read the credits. I am not going to give away the ending, but I am going to say this much. So accurate was the portrayal of the guardianship system in this film that I could see so many of the cases that I had been reading about and hearing about on the Faceless talk show and so many other little radio shows. I want to thank some of you, um, if you're listening to this podcast, 
for the first time. Thank you very much for listening. <clears throat> Damn. I don't know. My throat is being a little weird today. Anyway. So what did I like about the portrayal of Guardians in this movie? Well, I liked how Rosamund, P- Rosamund, Rosamund Pike, yeah, that's her name, played this, she plays this stingy, shady-ass con artist by the name of Marla Grayson. And I think there's a bit of irrelevance in Marla fucking around with Fran, excuse my language here, but, um, Marla and Fran have some weird stuff going on in some of the movie. It's weird, but does do movies have to have those kind of things? I think that's the only thing I really didn't like about it was because you saw Marla and Fran literally out there making out and everything, and it just looked weird, and I'm like, nah, it has nothing to do with being against the LGBTQ folks. I just think it made it made some really weird stuff happen. I'm not sure how to explain it. I Okay, I thought those two women were just, oh, peas in a pod. But, you know, um, Marla, of course, is what the movie's focused on, but, you know, she almost got her butt killed several times in the movie. But I'm not going to tell you how. What I am going to say, though, is that I don't think I really liked the romantic parts of the film between Marla and Fran because I didn't think they were relevant to the the focus should be on the guardianships. Yes, the guardianships that, you know, Marla was accumulating and she was throwing people into this Berkshire Oaks care home. Oh my God. If Jennifer... The senior that we're focusing on is an old woman named Jennifer Peterson. If Je- Jennifer Peterson's case was anything like... It, it's probably some... I think the case was inspired by an actual event. Um, if you guys want to watch this, though, remember, it is only available... It's Netflix in the U.S., UK Amazon Prime. Thank you. Um, if you live in the UK, there's something you need to know about guardianship. You know, I kind of wish there was a book, a book, what citizens need to know about guardianship. There is a textbook that St. Teresa's used to kind of push on us. What citizens need to know about government taught us all about American government. But if anybody could please give me a damn handbook called What Citizens Need to Know About Guardianship. I may actually write an article using that title, What Citizens Need to Know About Guardianship, because, one, I have a lot of senior friends, um, seniors who are activists, seniors who've lost their parents, young middle-aged people who have lost their parents to guardianships, you guys are going to want to watch I Care A Lot. 
you need to watch this film. My favorite part of the film, without spoiling exactly what happens, is, I think my favorite line is, when the Guardian is pressing the the old lady, Jennifer, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? She gives that Guardian a look in the eye and says, what does she say? Um... I'm the biggest fucking mistake you'll ever make. <laughs> I was just about ready to kick Marla's ass when I heard that. But seriously, Jennifer, I don't know how to explain it. Jennifer, Jennifer just really, really got... She saw through that woman like a glass window. That's how I know this film's good. And that's one of my favorite lines from the film. I think she said the biggest fucking mistake you'll ever make. Or the biggest damn mistake you'll ever make. One of those words. She said, I'm the biggest mistake you'll ever make. I'm your worst nightmare. And she, when she, it dawned on her that she was being robbed. It happens a lot with seniors that they're always robbed. And they're robbed of everything. Even human dignity and respect. And... A guardian thinks they can put lots of drugs in your food and other things like that. All of the things in this movie are so accurate. It's scary. I hope that Netflix will not ban this film. This is an important film for all activists and for all of us. Whether you're disabled or not, you need to understand that what you're advocating when you say, Oh, Beth, you know what? Your guardianship was correct. Bullshit. It was not, because look at the film. The film's premise may apply to the elderly, but I'm going to be writing a book that explains how um, that explains how my parents could easily have been like Marla and some of these other guardians in real life. My parents could have easily warehoused me in a group home, put me on sedatives, drugs, reduced the pain meds at night. And you could see one scene where Jennifer's sitting out on the courtyard and her hair is a mess. Her hair is matted. It's all a mess. The descriptors... By the way, this film is described on Netflix... For the UK folks who are blind, I don't know if there is a UK version described on the UK Prime channel, please. Um, feel free if you can. I, I'm going to have to say this, but Audio Vault will have a copy of this film for those that cannot access Netflix in the United States. It's the only way you can legally get the movie described. But Audio Vault is an audio-only service. <sighs> and to be quite honest, I am on a budget, so it's I understand. And I gotta make sure that I have more to my name before I even consider buying fucking DVDs. Um, thank you all very much for uh, joining me this, this hour. This moment. I don't know about hour, but... Um, 
Oh, yeah, and some big news. I kind of would like to, um, warn everybody. Um, you guys are probably hearing a lot of chatter about Kim and Kanye getting a divorce. I'm not surprised. Like I have always, you know, iterated somewhere or other, celebrity marriages don't last. Celebrity marriages do not last. And we need to have more incentives for anyone to stay together with their partner. And a guardian could have easily divorced both of them, but Kanye apparently... I heard somewhere that he might have bipolar disorder, but I don't know. Um, anyway... Enough of that. Let's get back to the possibility of a watch party for the, um, I Care A Lot movie. Since the movie is described, I've got to figure out how to do a damn watch party and have the descriptions on. Because I want to I wanna be able to include as many people as possible. I'm going to need somebody to sign interpret. Or I will have to turn on closed captions for the deaf folks but I don't know how I'm gonna do um I'm gonna have to turn on closed caption also for braille users who are uncomfortable processing audio and stuff um I have a buddy who's like that but you know it might be a lot for me but I do want to make sure that when I do this voiceover's not messing around and we will pause every so often. Like, I want to do some pausing. And then we can discuss, like, how did you guys feel when this scene happened? Who did you see in those scenes or that scene or whatever? Um, I'm already talking to several people, but I don't know. I may be considering inviting a bunch of uneducated folk. And I'm not saying that to be mean, but... A lot of blind and disabled people, especially those who represent blindness organizations, do not understand the impact of guardianship on their community. Guardianship conservatorship, as it is called in other states, some states call it conservatorship, guardianship, is a danger to all of us, whether we're blind or not, senior or not. When I become a senior, my hope is that I have a son or daughter that can fight for me and a grandson or granddaughter that can fight and say, you know what? What you're doing to grandmother is wrong. You need to let go. Otherwise, we're going to blank. And blank is not a threat here. It's a promise. We promise we'll fight your ass in court and stuff. And there are several people who actually think that guardianship is good. It's very rare I can say that. Now, I do have a friend or two who has to take, you know, medications and live in a group home and do dayhab and other crap. And they're under the care of a guardian. What one of my friends is under the care of a guardian, what I'm not going to say her name due to privacy reasons, she is very well known for her singing and all the stuff that she does 
contributing to Iowa community stuff. If her current guardian, who happens to be a relative, a.k.a. mom, if she dies and the sister dies, if her whole family, for whatever reason, dies one at a time in age-old circumstances, mind you, and this little girl, this young woman, this woman by the time that happens, she could be an old lady. She could be a middle-aged or old lady with a disability living in some group home for no apparently good reason, being warehoused. She could end up having doses and doses of tranquilizers in her blood. And cutting her food would be another thing guardians could do. The other thing is, incapacitating a woman like that, it may be something about guarding the abuse, or guarding, not, excuse me, um, guarding her from systemic abuse. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, God. Ugh. Just thinking about some of the scenes in the movie makes me a little tongue-tied here. It's it's pretty interesting. I think one of the biggest scenes I'll never forget, and this reminds me of a guy who was accused of kidnapping his mom. There was a shootout at the care home, and yeah, it was a really interesting film scene. I think the lockdown at the care home resembled that of a prison. And this is what I think is really stupid. My friend could end up in one of those situations where she's locked up in this home, and if I try to call her on FaceTime, no answer. If I call her care home, and I say, I want to speak to blah, 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 the care person might say, no, she's no longer allowed to speak to you. Her guardian said, no, only approved visitors. Absolutely not. That is an absolute no-no. And (sighs) medically kidnapping the elders and disabled is what guardians really do best. 95% of guardianships are unnecessary and can be prevented. And I'm going to give you a couple steps on how to do this, okay? First, here's my scandal, my scoop, my juicy scoop, if you ask me. Don't let somebody into your house that isn't some list. Like, okay, if you're a senior and you're living in a place like, oh, Florida, the beach. I don't care where you live, really, but make a list of the most essential people. Example, companies like, oh, Amazon. Your delivery boy from DoorDash. Your pizza guy. Yes, your pizza guy. And, oh, (laughs) um, your grandma, your sister, your friend, blah, blah, blah. And your mother, your father, your daughter, your son. Make a list of all the people that you will let in the building. Or you will let in to your complex, your house, whatever. First thing first, put that list on your fridge And also, once you keep that list on the fridge, keep reading that list. If you have memory issues, read the list again 
and again and again. If you have to refer back to the list, don't be ashamed, okay? Secondly, lock the door when you are not going anywhere or you're not sitting on your porch. Even if you're on your porch, lock the porch door as well. Put a security camera all around your house. You need security cameras. These days, it's a ring doorbell will do just fine. Um, put your valuables in your safe deposit box. Now, here's something I think might work. Put a combination lock, or if you cannot see the numbers on the combo lock, try a key lock and hide the key in clever places. For example, you could do what I do and put them all on a little S thing and hide the S thing in a little spot in your drawer. Or here's another buddy, a little buddy funny thing you can do. Um, take one of the keys, put it with your buddy, like a buddy of yours, like a roommate or something. You can even put the key in your shoe, tape it to the drawer like what Jennifer did. I love that. It was brilliant, man. But yeah, alas, someone got damn access to her safety deposit box. But I honestly believe you should have a safe deposit box for all your valuables, including wallets. If you have things like diamonds, a Rolex, blah, 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 put them in there. If you're not using, say, a wearable watch, you can put that in there as well, like a wearable, a Wear OS watch or a Apple watch, whatever. Just put shit like that in their safe deposit box. Do not leave money and things lying around on your table. As much as I hate to say it sounds redundant of me to say this, or it may sound a little obvious, it's gonna make a con artist look and say, Ooh, you have cash. I want it now. Also, keep your documents hidden. And don't leave documents or mail laying around, especially if it's like financial. I am really bad about this, but I think it would really help a lot of people. Um, remember the list I said in that first step. If you're going to hold a party, first and foremost, you need to invite only those people on the list. And those people on the list only. So, you can also make a separate list, like for party invitations, and also put a sign on your gate that says, no admittance except on party business. Yes. Anyway, if someone not on the list shows up at the door, don't let them in. Don't. Let them pound until the cows come home. Let them try to batter the door down. Let them do what they want, but you can also yell at them and say things like, I wasn't expecting you! Get the fuck out of my way! And you also need to tell the police officers if they come to the, if the police come to the door, you can Ask the police not to come in unless, of course, you're one of those people, you know, a SWAT team needs to enter the building for whatever reason, you know, in a rare instance that may occur. 
You may need to tell the officers that you're being robbed. Now, if somebody listens to you, you're lucky. But don't let strange people in your house that you don't know. Don't let somebody come in and do the, you know, the plumbing and the whatever. Unless you have, you know, you have them do all of the work that they are contractors. You have to get numbers. What I would do is I would get numbers for supervisors and home handy people. Like the handy people should give you the number for the main office of their company or their direct supervisor and tell you about their work. You can also Google them if you're tech savvy. If you're not tech savvy, ask to see an identification, a badge, whatever. Also, if somebody poses as a police officer at your door, ask the person, what's the number of your boss? Who is the police chief of this city that you work in? Who's your lieutenant? Ask them the toughy questions. Get them stumped. If they stump, they're posing. Fuck them off. Just flip them off. Don't let them come in your house. Lock the door. And until the storm blows over, don't do anything. Make sure that you have safety things in place in case you are declared incompetent keep a diary keep a blog keep a log of everything in the event that you do end up in a nursing home don't take your meds and don't take sedatives and do not allow a nurse to force feed or put a needle in your arm you know If you are addressing a nurse or orderly, though, you need to stay calm and just look them in the eye and give them the whole, do the old, if you don't give me my cell phone, I'll take everything and go. And you'll lose a client. Oh, boy. And that, my friends, I also want to, at last, give a rating to I Care A Lot. I Care A Lot, to me, is a five stars. 5.5. And I think 5.5 is perfectly fine. I could say 4.5 because of the irrelevant romance scenes. But I think it was too good to rank 4.5. It has to be 5.0. If you guys want to rate it, please make sure you have Netflix. And if you cannot afford Netflix, I would love to have a watch party with you. Just uh, send me feedback about what you want to do. And what you want me to put in such a handbook called what citizens need to know about guardianship (laughs) you know honestly I think my goddamn book title that I was gonna write just totally went blew over 
now I think what citizens need to know about guardianship should probably be my book's title. I don't quite know. But I do want to do a handbook for both seniors and disabled people. Mostly young people with disabilities, though, because we ourselves have lives to live. Thank you all very much. On with the show. Start recording. Stop recording. Button. The following may contain strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Also, if you'd like to be on the show, The Throne Room with Beth Jirasi, please, I beg you, email me at denverqueen at gmx.com and check out my website at www.denverqueen.com. Thank you.